What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. There is stuff going on. There's stuff to talk about, as usual. I want to start by discussing how the Astros have found a manager. The Astros have decided to hire Dusty Baker as their next manager. That didn't take too long. Well, it wasn't going to take long because they really only had about a month to do so. The Mets and Red Sox, well, the Mets have got a manager too. So it's just the Red Sox who don't have a manager at this point in time. But Dusty Baker is going to be the next manager of the Houston Astros. This is a veteran presence. I mean, a guy with a ton of experience, a guy who has been there and done that. He's also very old school. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because he's a he's quite the definition of an old school manager. I mean, this dude's, first of all, he's seven years old. He's a baseball lifer. He's been in the game for a long time. And... This dude has 1,863 career wins. He doesn't have a World Series ring, though. And he'll he'll have a legitimate chance of getting that in Houston. Three-time National League Manager of the Year. And he's managed some of the all-time greats. I mean, he managed Barry Bonds back in San Francisco when Barry Bonds was in his heyday, in his prime. And he's basically being given the keys to a Ferrari. I mean, this is an Astros team that won 107 games last year and were eight out shy of a World Series championship. But obviously, their accomplishments have been dampened by the results of the sign stealing scandal, which led to the firings of their manager, their previous manager, AJ Hinch, and previous GM, Jeff Luno. But Dusty Baker, I mean, the only, I guess, the only criticism. With him, that people like to point out is that his teams have never really been able to put it together in the postseason. Kind of like they would always crumble on the big stage, like in big moments. I mean, he's managed for 22 years with four teams. He did make it to the World Series in 02 with the Giants, like I mentioned. Uh, and then he took all his teams, Cubs, Red Nat, Nationals, to the playoffs. But he's 3-9 and nine in playoff series, losing the 02 World Series against the Angels, the 3 NLCS with the Cubs against the Marlins, and that series included the infamous Steve Bartman incident. And then he, the last time he managed, he was managing the Nationals, and uh, we all know that since he left the Nationals, they became quite successful and they, they won the World Series. But, I mean, they gave him this job, the Nationals gave him this job over several younger candidates, I mean, Brad Osmus, Eduardo Perez, Mark Kotze, uh, the hiring is a pretty clear indication that the Astros want a veteran leader who can navigate the crisis that's going on around this club right now. Obviously, the team is going to rely, continue to rely heavily on analytics through the front office and coaching staff, but Baker's going to be that you know calm veteran presence, that settling force who's going to bring that old-school demeanor, but you better believe he's still going to listen. He's going to listen to whatever the analytics department is saying upstairs, and then he's just going to I'm sure he's going to add his own twist to it, but for the most part, he's going to listen to what they say and just be able to deliver that message in a respectful manner, you know, in a way that pe- people are going to buy into it because it's coming from him rather than just some some dude crushing spreadsheets in a cubicle. But the Astros, I mean, this scandal has definitely put a you know a damper on everything Astros related, but they're still going to retain like most of the same team. They obviously lost Garrett Cole, but 
They're still bringing back their core position players, all of them. Still bringing back the Cy Young Award winner, Justin Verlander. And they're bringing back Zach Greinke. So even with all, all the the noise this offseason, you know, they're going to be operating with a payroll that's going to be over the $208 million luxury tax threshold. And, um, yeah, they have some young kids on the team who should blossom. Look for, I mean, there are going to be some expectations on Kyle Tucker this year. You know, he's finally going to get a chance to play a lot more. I mean, Jordan Alvarez already broke out. We know what to expect from him. But I think it's going to be a good, I think it's going to be a pretty good uh, season in Houston on the field. Unless I'm completely wrong and they were cheating a lot more than people realized in 2019. And then they stopped cheating in 2020 and, and things slow down. I have no idea. This is complete speculation on me. So don't take that as, as gospel. I'm just guessing. But we shall see what happens. But Dusty Baker will be the next manager of the Houston Astros. And the Red Sox are the last team remaining to find a manager. In other news, a Padres bets, uh, a Padres, or sorry, Red Sox bets the Padres deal, whatever you want to call it. A Padres deal for Mookie Betts is coming into focus. There are reports saying that both teams are still actively engaged in trade talks. and. On the surface, this deal makes some sense for both sides because the Padres really want to get a big bat to shore up their offense and the outfield. Obviously, Mookie does both those things. And the Red Sox would like to get under the luxury tax threshold, and they'd like to extract long-term value for one of the game's best players, especially if he's indicated that he does not want an extension. I think that's a very underrated development here. A lot of people are forgetting that Mookie Betts has said that he does not want to sign an extension he said that he wants to be free agent he's not going to sign early he's going to take this to free agency and test the open market so you can't really blame the red sox if the player doesn't want to negotiate if he doesn't want to engage in any contract discussions you can't well i mean the red sox can't just sit on their hands i think that's something that people need to remember it's not about the team not trying it's about the player having the right to go to free agency and wanting to exercise that right which Mookie is going to do, and he's going to get paid very well when he hits free agency this next winter. But there does seem to be some momentum, actually. Um, that doesn't mean it's going to happen, but, I mean, there is growing belief that the Sox and Padres have the same objectives in mind. Um, the principles of the trade are in place. However, uh, I think the sticking point is how much of Will Myers' contract will the Red Sox eat? That's part of the issue. The Padres also are not putting any of their top-tier prospects like Mackenzie Gore or Luis Patino or C.J. Abrams in this deal. But they're willing to deal from their second tier of prospects and young major leaguers who could work in a deal. There are rumors saying that they could have a prospect like Luis Campusano or Adrian Morahan and then a big league piece like Josh Naylor or Cal Quantrill in addition to Will Myers plus cash that is what has been reported and it's it's interesting man i mean it's tough i'm a red sox fan don't get me wrong i love mookie betts i mean he's the best homegrown player the red sox have had in at least half a century and to see him just leave but at the same time i understand the business aspect of it because it might be i don't know what's going on behind closed doors but it might be that the red sox have been told Mookie will not sign an extension. Well, what can you do at that point? Well, here's something you can do. 
you can cash in on him now. You can cash in on him now, get the value, and then go into free agency and win the bidding war and sign him back. Yes, that's not, I mean, the ideal scenario, but it's happened before. The Yankees did it with Aroldis Chapman back in 2016. The Cubs needed to win a World Series, so they traded for Aroldis Chapman. The Yankees, you know, trade him away for a package which included Glaber Torres. Remember that. They got Glaber Torres in that deal. So a package that included Glaber Torres, they sell Aroldis Chapman, and then that very same offseason, they just decide to give him all the money he was looking for, and they bring Chapman right back. Now they have both Glaber Torres and Aroldis Chapman, and you see how well that worked out for them. But if Mookie Betts becomes a San Diego Padre, I mean, they would have him, Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, Chris Paddock holding things down. That'd be a pretty good that, that that'd be a pretty good team. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they need some more pitching, but that lineup is going to score a lot of runs and Mookie would do a lot for them. But it's been 10 years since the Padres finished above 500 and uh there there is um there's urgency at this point in time. They can't just keep looking towards next season, next season, next season. They have to flip the script and contend now or else their GM is going to be He's going to lose the job. He's going to be kicked out of there. So that's something we have to keep an eye on. And last but not least, the Panda is back. I saw this yesterday. I could not believe it. Kung Fu Panda, Pablo Sandoval, is back with the Giants on a minor league deal. It's worth $2 million and includes $750,000 in incentives. I mean, he's a he, he's the face of the... No, he's not, actually. That's pretty disrespectful to Buster Posey, but... He is a face of the San Francisco Giants, and he's a beloved figure out there. Uh, he's currently rehabbing from Tommy John, but he actually could come back as a backup corner infielder if he recovers as expected. He's 33. He hit for an 820 OPS with 14 homers last year. And um, it was actually the final year of his five-year $95 million deal. He originally signed with the Red Sox back in November 2014. Obviously, he burned a lot of bridges on his way to Boston, but... He actually thrived in his second stint with the Giants, and he embraced that bench role and was a key weapon off the bench for them. But yeah, like even at that, it's a minor league deal, so a reunion with the Giants isn't guaranteed. But that's that's definitely something that that he deserves. I mean, at this point, I mean, it doesn't really cost them much, and he's a fan favorite. He an 820 OPS is really nothing to scoff at. That's actually pretty good for what he did last year, 268. With his batting average as well for the 820 OPS, so that's that's really not bad. So if he can come back and give them similar production, that's that's a steal at that price. That's pretty good value. But a lot of people thought he'd be going to the American League that could use him as a DH while he continues to rehab on his elbow. But the Giants kept an opening for him. I mean, switch hitting infielder, and um, I mean if he's healthy, that'll give him give the Giants depth behind third baseman Evan Longoria, first baseman Brandon Belt. And then, obviously, they need a lot of power from the left side, so um, he fills some of that void. He chose to remain with the Giants, even though he had some some interest from the Mets and Phillies. That's home for him. Can't blame him whatsoever. And last but not least, Chris Bryant lost his grievance against the Cubs. Basically, it was just him filing a grievance through the... He was represented by the MLB Players Association. He was basically complaining that the Cubs manipulated his service time and he should be granted an additional year of service time so that he would hit free agency a year earlier because they manipulated it. Essentially, he lost he lost the case and he's going to have to wait 
until the 2021 season, I believe, to hit free agency. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. But that's just, it's the letter of the law. It's the way the CBA works. If you play less than 172 days on the major league roster, that doesn't count as a full year. So you have to wait the next year until you hit that full year of service time. And then, you know, the next year to hit two, three, four, five, and six. Only after you get six years of service time can you become a free agent. So effectively, Chris Bryant is going to have to wait like seven years to become a free agent instead of six because it was like 6.9 or whatever. And it doesn't round. So it's 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 slimy, but it's something that has been going on for a long time. And it might not be resolved until there's a strike or something. I don't know. But yeah, he's going to be a free agent after the 2021 season. So he has two more years of club control with the Cubs. It is what it is. It's business. That's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who would be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.